Hello. Today's episode is going to be about a chassis or motorhome chassis and how to maintain them, what to do. Motorhome chassis might seem kind of daunting, but that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to welcome everybody to the show. This is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV, your best RV podcast. By the way, if you just type in yourbestrvpodcast.com, it'll take you to the website. See where I'm going with that? Probably going to be changing the name soon, phasing out Radio Arizona RV. That's the first time I've said that out loud, but the name doesn't fit us anymore. If you see some changes, that's why. This is the podcast for the RVer who likes to do the work himself, the guy who wants to get dirty or the guy who wants to get his hands wet and working on that toilet or whatever. And it's also for the guy who wants to know how things work on an RV. So it basically is for everybody out there who owns an RV because you should know how to work on an RV or at least know the basics. So if you take it into a shop, you know what's happening, what you're in for. Avoid the small little repairs, like replacing a fuse. That could cost you 100 bucks. You can replace a fuse yourself for $3. So that's why learning a little bit definitely helps. Today's episode is number 72, and it's going to be about motorhome chassis. RV, motorhome are kind of the same thing to me, but RV is a broad term. So excuse me, motorhome chassis. Now, as a reminder, don't forget to share this episode with your family and friends. Or just turn them on to Radio Arizona RV or Your Best RV Podcast. You know, they're going to get invaluable information. I hear it all the time, the phone calls I get. So share it with family and friends. Someone's going through a struggle with their RV. And remember, you can contact me as well using the contact page, and I can help someone. I can walk you through the process if need be. Also, I have a brick-and-mortar business. It's a retail store in Victor, Montana. And I also have websites where I sell products and not all my products are on the website. And I say that every episode because sometimes I get phone calls. Hey, you were talking about this. It wasn't on the website. And I am trying to get better at that, but there's also reasons why some things aren't on my website. Sometimes um, just doesn't work out that way. Maybe I can't get the product, even though I did an episode on it. Maybe there's price problems. You know, it's too expensive for me to resell. You know, it's a product you have to buy direct from the manufacturer. But, you know, there's always a reason. Last episode, number 70, I forgot to mention something. And this is about the COVID-19, which, you know what, we're all sick and tired of that, right? Talking about it. But it is a reality. It's not going away. The RV industry, and if you're familiar with the show, you've heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again right now. The RV industry is literally running out of RV parts. Now, I predicted that they'd probably be Everybody would be out of stuff by the end of July. Well, it's pretty darn close. Spent a few hours today just looking for sewer hoses. Now, I got a nice supply of sewer hoses, but I was just thinking ahead. And none of my suppliers have sewer hoses. They have a few that don't have fittings on the end, but very few. One of my suppliers would normally have, you know, thousands of sewer hoses in stock. They have, you know, maybe 25 scattered out through the United States. So it's not even really feasible for me to buy them. I'm just, you know, saying this because if you need something, get it. If not, you might have to wait weeks or possibly months. And the way things are looking, it might be months. This thing just keeps going on. And really who thought the RV industry affected, but you know, people are buying RVs like crazy new RVs, used RVs. 
I mean, the dealership here in town where I'm at in Hamilton, I'm actually in Victor, but Hamilton's right next door to me. You know, they've got maybe 10 RVs on the lot. They've just sold out of everything. There's a guy in town who sells uh, used cars. He gets a pickup truck on his lot. It'll be there for 45 minutes before it sells. Everything's selling because there's such a big shortage. The dealerships are running out. I know some parts of the country, you're not seeing this. You know, my brother lives in California, and he said he's not seeing this. But other parts of the country, they're seeing it. Maybe where you're at is not being affected the same way as someplace like here in Montana, but we're definitely being affected by this. Even though COVID wasn't a huge thing here, still isn't. But hey, we're supposed to wear face masks when we're out in public. So, you know, we got to comply and we are affected in some ways. But anyway, back to the what's more important now to the episode. And that's what's you why you're listening to talk about the episode. And so today, episode number 72, chassis for motorhomes. A chassis on a motorhome doesn't matter whether it's gas or diesel. You still have pretty much all the same components. I mean, they might vary a little bit. Diesel chassis might have a couple more things that a gas engine chassis wouldn't have. But the principle still is the same. It's a chassis and it needs maintenance. Now, with a motorhome, though, completely different animal. It's not like a trailer chassis. Why is that? Well, a trailer chassis doesn't have an engine. It doesn't have a transmission. It doesn't have air or hydraulic brakes. It doesn't have gobs and gobs of wiring, not to mention a differential. It doesn't have oil coolers, airbags. It doesn't have big, gigantic wheels with tires and even bigger tires on them, you know, that weigh a ton. There's a lot to do to maintain a motorhome chassis. And here, again, keeping records can be so important. Make sure you're keeping good, concise records. Keep track of the date and the mileage. Some things you do by mileage, some things you do by date, or some is both. You change your oil once a year if you haven't reached the the miles that it should have. You know, if your recommended oil change is 5,000 miles, but you only drive 3,000 miles in a year, well, you want to change that oil once a year. Now, unless you're using, and I'm talking conventional oil here, we're just talking basic stuff, not getting into the you know, the super duper expensive oil, you know, it's going to last for 50,000 miles between oil changes, that type of stuff. You know, we're not getting into the synthetics. This is just conventional oil, conventional maintenance. Now, at first glance, it might seem really overwhelming. You know, you're just thinking about your motorhome, that chassis, it's 30 feet long and man, tires, tires are big. They're 40 inches tall. They're heavy. Well, look at it this way. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? When you look at that way, it's not so bad. Now, when I was a mechanic, and even today, it doesn't matter. I open up the hood of a car. It does not scare me. doesn't phase me. Because after you get a few things out of the way, voila, there the engine is. You can see it all. For some people, they can never get to that point. But for me, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Especially back in the 80s, 90s, heck, you just take the air cleaner off, you know, and all of a sudden you can see the engine, you know, the light is on. Don't be overwhelmed by it. Just look at it, you know, as the front, the rear, the center, or compartmentalize it. Just make a list, separate it out, like the engine and transmission. Now, that's a lot of maintenance just in itself. That might not be included in everything else on a chassis, the tires and brakes. You know, if you can do tires and brakes on a motorhome, 
I say motorhome, but you know, there's class C motorhomes that are in, like I'll say, a Ford 450 chassis. Not a big deal to do tires and brakes on that. Now, you get into a, you know, a class A motorhome with maybe a workhorse chassis or it has a whatever the chassis is, you know, might be a freight liner, different ball game. So you might not even have the tools to do it. And you might not want to tackle that stuff, but you still have to get the maintenance done. So you still have to look at it like, okay, how are we going to tackle this? The tires and brakes. And so, and just keep that in mind. When I say motorhome, I'm just generalizing it. You know, class C's obviously are going to be easier than a class A. Class B, easier than a class A. Class A's are going to be the most difficult ones. And sometimes when you buy a class A, you don't even really think about it. And, and Or sometimes you buy one and it's only got 30,000 miles on it. It's 15 years old. Those are hardly any miles. Well, sometimes those low-mile chassis have more problems than a high-mile one because everything starts going bad when you start using it. The fuel lines start leaking. The water lines start leaking. You know, you just got one problem after another. Sometimes low miles is not the greatest thing. You know, it's great on the engine transmission, but there can be other problems. I'm not saying to stay away from it, you know. Just have some other considerations. Because certain things do have to replace after, you know, a certain amount of time or certain amount of miles, as I've said earlier. Also on a motorhome chassis, you're going to have, and I'm talking about compartmentalizing things or separating it out. So you have engine, trans, tires, and brakes. You know, the differential in the drive shaft, that could be just a maintenance thing in itself. The exhaust system, the suspension, let's say the front suspension. You can have control arms, maybe shocks, tie rods, springs. You know, it depends on the, the front end of the vehicle, what kind of suspension it is. You know, a Ford Transit van is going to be a little bit different than a an E450 or a Class A or a Freightliner. Everything's going to be a little bit different, so I'm kind of generalizing this, so... You know, don't nitpick at this like he's not mentioning my RV. Well, I can't mention them all. This is a 30-minute episode. I apologize for that. You have different parts of the motorhome chassis. And your motorhome chassis might even have a hitch with a brake controller on it. Minor things, generally a brake controller, you know, there's not much to check. It's going to work or it's not. And generally, if it doesn't work, you can get one the same day. You know, if you're driving down the road at night, it might be a real hassle. But those you can generally replace pretty simple. You might not be able to get the same one, but you can get something similar. That would be, you know, if your motorhome has a brake controller or your motorhome, you know, you might have a tow vehicle or a towed vehicle. The brakes in there might come into play. So you have some sort of actuator to, you know, actuate the brakes in the vehicle. It might be a brake buddy or something similar to that in the vehicle, but that's going to be separate now. That's not going to be part of your motorhome chassis. The motorhome chassis is in of itself a lot of maintenance. And it's one of these things that you're, you know, if you're going to set out to do, let's say you, you do have the ability to do the brakes on it. That's probably all you're going to get done that day. You know, depending on the RV, if it's a class A, big heavy wheels and drums, it might be, unless you do that for a living, but you might not even have the tiles or tools, so it's never going to happen. I'm reading tie rod and trying to say tool at the same time. That just doesn't work for me. What are you thinking? That this is going to be too much and you can't do it? Well, you might not be able to. If you have a Class C, maybe it's a Chevy Ford chassis, that's almost regular maintenance like working on a pickup truck. So if you can work on a pickup truck, you can do that. That's not going to change too much. You have to determine, and this is where compartmentalizing it comes in, you know, get a list and this goes back to maintenance. 
first you have to know what you need to do. And on a motorhome chassis, it's a lot different than a trailer chassis because you're going to have more information from the manufacturer of that chassis than you will ever get on a trailer chassis. You know, when you buy a trailer, there's not a bunch of information coming from the, the chassis manufacturer on what to do. But on a motorhome, you get it. It's like buying a new pickup truck or a new car. You, know, you have the owner's manual. It has the service schedule in it. It tells you when to do this, when to do that, where to check it, when to check it, how to check it. You have a lot more. So if you're used to maintaining, you'll say, your own vehicles, a motorhome chassis is going to be very similar to that, except bigger in some cases. So it might be a little bit harder to do, but it's the same principle. Now, maybe you're not a mechanical guy at all. You just, there's no way you're going to work on the engine. There's no way you're going to do anything with the transmission, you know, checking the, the fluid in the rear differential. It's just not going to happen. Well, you still want to keep track of when things are being done. Look at the owner's manual. Don't leave it up to a shop. You know, and I'm not saying every shop is bad, but some guys, when you take it to a shop, they're just not going to do what you need done. They're not going to check out everything. They're going to think they did, but they're going to overlook things. Sometimes that's intentional because they just don't care. And sometimes they just too much in their head and they can't remember to do it. They don't have a checklist. They're not looking at the owner's manual, even at dealerships. They don't have, they don't always look at the manual. They're not going to look at everything that really should be done. You're going to pay for it, but it doesn't mean they necessarily checked it. So the more knowledge you have, the better armed you are if you do have to take it to a dealership because you can say, Hey, I need this, this, and this checked. You know, the manual says to do this, this, and this, this mileage. I want to get these things done. And then they're going to do it. So if you have an idea of what needs to be done, at least you're going a little more armed. But there's probably some things, even on a, you know, a diesel pusher chassis that you can do yourself. And a diesel pusher is kind of a different ball game. You know, you're getting into like semi, a uh, Peterbilt, you know, a Freightliner, big Freightliner, you know, a Mac. You might just, oh, no, I don't want to deal with that. And heck, if you don't want to, don't. But at least know what needs to be done at those t- at those time intervals. You can make sure that it's getting maintained because, you know, towing a motorhome is not cheap. And it's a pain. And, you know, whenever I see one hooked up on the back of a tow truck on out on the highway, you're just thinking, man, there's a big bill. I hope that guy's got insurance. But then you're thinking, oh, boy, that's going to be a big repair job, whatever broke. You know, it's, it stranded that motorhome, so he's going to spend some money on that sucker. Motorhomes just aren't in it for me. Trailers, yeah. I don't think I'd ever buy a motorhome just because of the, the chassis maintenance. And now that's me, you know, and, and I'm a mechanic or have been a mechanic. You know, this stuff is not out of my realm. But you know what? It's just one more chassis, but that's me. Now, don't let that scare you off. Like I got to go sell my motorhome tomorrow. You know, if you like your motorhome, man, don't worry about it. Just keep it. Everything in the chassis is going to have to be checked, maintained, repaired. Things are going to have to be done. Now there's some things you should do on your own every time you use the motorhome and that's check the tires. You see semis going down the road and their, their tires are just peeling off, right? You see the tread just peel right off. You know, sometimes you have to dodge them. Sometimes they hit you. Sometimes they go underneath your vehicle. And those things can cause serious damage. And so when you have a tread that separates on a motorhome and even on a trailer, the tire itself might be really expensive. You know, it might be an $800 tire, $500 tire, but you know, it can do thousand dollars worth of damage, you know, thousands of dollars. 
check your tires whenever you use your motorhome. Look for, you know, tread separation. You know, get a flashlight. Look at the, the depth of the tread. See if those wear bars are coming through. Make sure the tires are wearing properly. You know, trailers don't have as much of a problem as like motorhomes could with balancing, alignment. There's different things. So check the tires and make sure that they're maintained. Make sure the air is in them. And I forgot to mention this. If you own a trailer owner, always make sure your trailer tires at full tire pressure. And motorhomes, make sure you're checking the tire pressure. Make sure it's to the manufacturer's specs. Don't just eyeball it, man. You can't tell how much air is in it by eyeballing it. And with a motorhome, sometimes you can't even get air put in the tires when you're out on the highway. You know, um, you go to a gas station, the tire is low, and you it you're filling up the air compressor. You know, it's not filling up your tire. You're filling up the air compressor. Or you're there for six hours waiting for the tire to fill up. There are options to that. You know, you can carry a CO2 tank. I don't know if power tank is still in business, but they make CO2 tanks um, that you can actually hook up tire gauges to, and you can fill your tires, you know, out on the road, and CO2 expands, so a little tank will go a long ways. In fact, I carry one of those in my when I, when I pull my trailer, carry one whenever I go four-wheeling as well. Takes up a little more space. Man, that's just peace of mind. I also carry a little air compressor too, but, you know, redundancy is okay too. But, you know, there's just things you have to think of. You know, just putting air in a tire can become a problem. Now, out on the road, you see truck stops, and, you know, that's where you're going to go. You're not going to go to the gas station. You're going to the truck stop. you got to put air in your tires. If you got a problem, you're going to the truck stop. You're not going to the gas station. Now, if there is no truck stop and there's only a gas station, well, then you're going to the gas station or the automotive repair shop. Like uh, gas stations anymore are just that. I'm, You know, I grew up in the in the era of service stations where they actually had mechanics there that worked on cars. And I still can't get that out of my head. You know, that gas stations now are just gas stations. Well, they sell sandwiches and tacos and chips and drinks, but they don't do service work anymore. So an on-road repair shop, but a truck stop is probably where you're going to go because they always have the, the equipment to do it. I'm probably, you know, kind of going on here about all this stuff, but, Sometimes I, you know, I see motorhomes coming in. You can tell that they just don't maintain anything. You know, rust is just pouring off all the lug nuts. The tires look horrible. You know, it doesn't look like anything's been done on it. Or sometimes people complain, you know, gosh, you know, I had to spend, you know, a thousand dollars to get my front brakes done or, you know, 2000, whatever. I don't understand. You know, the motorhome's only a year old. You mean, you bought the motorhome new and it's only a year old? Oh, no, I bought it used, but I've only had it for a year. So they don't know. You know, if you buy a motorhome, definitely get the chassis checked out by a professional. If you can't do it yourself, definitely get it checked out. Because there are so many moving parts on it, so many pieces that could just cost a fortune later on, especially a diesel pusher. Well, diesels in general can be a lot more. You know, there are a lot of Ford chassis out there at the V10. It's a smaller chassis, and those are a little more easier to work on, you know, less expensive, or they can be. And I'm not knocking one or the other, or, you know, you got to have a diesel pusher, or you got to have a gas engine, but, you know, it's just they're different chassis. So if you're not familiar with it and you really don't know what it is, you know, you could maybe give it a, a quick inspection to see if there's anything obvious to you. But if it, let's say it's a diesel pusher and you know a little bit about diesels, you understand the chassis, you know, maybe you can get on there and look at stuff for some obvious things. But definitely take it to professional and have them check it out before you buy that motorhome. You know, if you're spending $200,000 and you had to pay someone 500 bucks to check it out and it saved you 
the 200 grand because now you find out there's all these problems. You don't want to touch it. Well worth it. Or if you spend a grand and you find out that everything's good, you know, well, you got peace of mind now. You know, you don't have to worry about it. And I'd have them check everything, you know, go through it. And then that way, that's a checkup. So when you buy the motorhome, that's already been done. The same reasoning would stand for the house portion of it as well, the RV. Check it out thoroughly. So if you have the ability to work on a motorhome chassis, that's awesome. You know, if it's the type of chassis you can do, then great. But if it's a chassis where you're getting in way over your head, and I'm going to go back to the diesel pusher. Even with my experience, I really wouldn't tackle too much on it. You know, oil changes, some things like that, not a problem. But major things, I would probably just leave it to the professional. You know, so every how you want to pay for that, you know, you sometimes you'll have to plan ahead, sometimes you might not. Now, you might be able to just afford it, whatever comes up. If it's a $10,000 repair bill, no problem. You just cut a check or, you know, hand them your credit card. But if you can't afford it, if that were to happen, you know, make sure that you've been putting some money away. Because if you're stuck out on the road, you know, they're not going to trade jewelry for you to repair, you know. It's you know, pay, you know. Make sure you have the way to pay for it and think about those repairs. Don't just blow it off like, oh, that'll never happen to me. You know, that transmission is going to last me forever. You know, these Allison transmissions are good for a million miles, and I've only got 100,000 miles on this motorhome. Yeah, it might go to a million, but what if it doesn't? What if it only goes to 125,000? You know, just has a major malfunction, need a new transmission. It's a lot of cabbage to have to pay shell out, you know. I'm not trying to scare you away from motorhomes either you know if motorhomes are what you want or if that's what you really want as a motorhome just get a motorhome just be aware and that's so much of what i try to do is help people to understand what they're getting into with an rv recently i had a friend ask me about a trailer they're looking at and so we start talking about the whole thing and what they're getting into and understanding that there will be maintenance and they're going to have to do certain things to maintain it where we're at you have a lot of snow rain So maybe building a carport for it or an RV port to keep it out of the elements. And, you know, it all got said and done. They're kind of like, well, you know, that doesn't really sound like our lifestyle. You know, the RV sounds good. And, you know, but have to do all the other stuff. So renting an RV would be the ideal for them. Go and rent it once a year, motorhome, trailer, whatever. And you're all done and you just bring it back to the dealership. You know, here you go. Or the rental yard. I used to do that with boats. I'd love to own a boat, but I know what it takes to have a boat. It's expensive. It's time-consuming. So it's so much easier to just go rent your your boat. You know, you go rent the sailboat. You get a 34-foot, 36-foot, whatever. And when you're all done, you take it back to the marina. Here you go. See you later, you know. Then if you don't rent another boat for two years, you haven't been making a payment on one that's sitting in a slip somewhere in the harbor, right? For some people, it might just not be the gig for them. But kind of lost my thought here. But anyway, don't run away from it. Just remember that it's going to be, it could be expensive. It could be time consuming, but you still need to get underneath there. Check things out if you can, you know, save some money if you can do the things you can do. And I know there's a lot of guys that own RVs, class A's that they really get into it. They learn about the engine. They learn about the transmission. They do a lot of the maintenance you know, the cooling system, and it saves them a bundle of money. Just oil change on a on a diesel pusher is quite a bit of money, you know. It's not just 50 bucks at the Lubin tune. You know, you're talking hundreds of dollars, and it's a, you know, a day project at the diesel shop, you know. You might be able to do some, 
maybe not do what you can. And, you know, don't worry about tools, buying all these specialty tools or big gigantic tools, you know, just be ready to take it in when it needs to be taken in. Just be ready to pay when it breaks. (laughs) You know, they say pay as you go, pay as you break, right? So when it breaks, be ready to pay. Unfortunately, motorhome chassis are just much different. They're more complex than a trailer chassis. And even if you're thinking about buying a motorhome, keep that in mind. Sometimes we forget. We get all engrossed in the in the process and we overlook so much stuff. I mean, I've done it. You know, I've bought certain things. I mean, heck, I've bought houses like, well, I'm, I'm not even going to worry about that. You know, I just kind of turn a blind eye to that problem because you really want the house. You know, it's really there's a really cool feature you like and you really want the house. But if somebody were to just slap you and say, hey, what are you doing, man? You're, you're not looking at this. All right, fine. We won't get that house, you know. It's the same thing with a motorhome. Now, a trailer, you have to have a truck to pull it or an SUV of some type, you know, so that needs maintenance. So it's very similar. But a lot of times that's a vehicle you're already using. The maintenance is something you can already handle. It's You're familiar with it, you know, and maybe you can do the maintenance yourself, but the expense is a little bit less. Whether you're maintaining your your brand new motorhome or your 20-year-old motorhome, 10-year-old motorhome, or considering buying one, the maintenance has to be done and the records have to be done. Keep the records. So I hope this helps you. You know, I know I don't get into all the nuts and bolts here. There's so many things on a motorhome chassis and even doing videos on it, I don't even think it would be worthwhile because... Most of the times you're going to take it to a shop, to a professional where they can just take care of it. That's what they do. And even though this show is about doing it yourself, sometimes you have to just (laughs) know when to stop, right? Willie Nelson sung a song, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, right? You know, take it for what it's worth. And if you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it because sometimes when I do an episode like this, similar to this, I get some nice feedback, some points that maybe I missed, um, something that can help in the future. So it's been another great episode. And, you know, I, I again, I want to encourage everybody to go to our website, check it out, RadioArizonaRV.com. And, of course, there's the links to our other websites and share it, share the episode, share the website, let other people know that I'm out here, what I'm doing and that I have good information, and I hope I can help everybody. And if you have any comments, you know, episodes you'd like to hear more information about, please let me know. I do get a lot of emails, and I try to work them all in. Sometimes I work them in sooner than others. You know, I have a list, and there's one thing that I haven't, you know, a couple episodes I need to do that just haven't got there yet, and it's on my list, and it's maybe been on there for three or four months, and that came from a listener. So sometimes I don't get to it right away, but have patience, I will. And if you have a question, just contact me. Just contact me through the contact us page at RadioArizonaRV.com. I respond to every email, and sometimes I even call back to get more information. And if you got my number, call me. No problem. So, again, this is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV, episode number 72. And I want to thank you for listening today, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Mm-hmm.